I'm Sir Evans, and welcome to some real life morning motivation. Because no one wakes up in the morning and says, I hope I have a bad day. My desire is to empower and inspire your daily endeavors. Because you can do whatever you set your mind to. The question is, what do you want to do? Whether you're still finding your passion, pursuing it, or living it, motivation is a daily requirement for your success. So here's your morning motivation. What's good, y'all? Welcome back, y'all. Just another morning motivation back, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Surreal Life Morning Motivation Podcast Show. Ah, it's good to see y'all. Well, it's good to feel y'all. It's good to be in your presence. Hope everything has been blessed. And you know, of course, there's always going to be some stress somewhere on the water. So I hope that you've been able to navigate those. And I hope that you've been leaning on the Father above for that extra strength. Because you know, we can't do it alone. I know I certainly can. This past year, I know I have been trying my hardest to do it on my own. In certain areas, not in every area, but in certain areas, I've really just been saying, you know what, sir, you got this. You don't need no help. You got this. You've done this before, so you know what to do next time. And what I'm really talking about, it has been my lifestyle change with my weight management. So, you know, I think one thing I just know throughout my entire journey, I've never really sought out, like, um, scientific assistance i've never really sought out um healthcare administrators or anyone in those fields to kind of help me navigate the waters of weight loss you know i kind of just trial and error had a couple of trainers along the way a few friends that was going to school to be dietitians shouts out to them and i was able to do some pretty fantastic things you know able to lose a lot of weight along the road but i couldn't figure out whether it was something that i was eating recently whether it was just, you know, getting older with time. But my metabolism just wasn't responding the same. You know, and, and I'm, I grew up big. So I, I'm used to not having a metabolism that rocks with me. You know, I'm, I'm used to that. that. That wasn't nothing new. So I went to go see this nutrition a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the nutrition was telling me some things, you know. She wasn't really telling me anything I didn't know, you know. Macros, watch your carbs, cut your carbs, watch your protein, blase, blase. Um, but I really wanted to kind of check like some testosterone levels. I wanted to check the blood levels, just see what was really going on. I really wanted to know what I could learn from like my blood type. So she said, you know what, you should see, you know, um, a, a metabolism specialist, you know, a doctor that focuses on like obesity and some of y'all might not be familiar with obesity but you know I come from morbidly obese past and you can be in pretty good shape and according to modern science they'll still consider you to be obese so she said don't take it offense when I use the term you know just see the specialist so I made an appointment with him and I learned some interesting things about myself y'all it was very helpful one of the things that I learned that I'll share which is not in relation to where we're going today, but it's very inf in in informative, which I did not know. So he asked me when I was a kid, did I have like any major surgeries or anything like that? I say, you know what? I used to have issues with my ears. I used to have to put tubes put in into my ears. And he said, did they put you on antibiotics? 
I said, yeah, they did put me on antibiotics. He told me that studies have reflected that antibiotics in children at a young age can impact their um, intestinal lining, like the weight, the um, the acid, I guess, or the or the chemicals that are in the stomach, and it kind of breaks down those chemicals before they are at um, a healthy growth age where that they can break down food the way that they're supposed to. So it actually impacts your metabolism in an unhealthy way. So don't take my word for it. This is something the doctor told me. So I would definitely research it, especially if you have young children. Um, and you know, might be going through some health issues and antibiotics is an option. Kind of really just look into that and say, hey, how does this impact my kid? Are there any side effects? And really just kind of see what your doctor or nurse or somebody practitioner has to say about that. Because I, I had no idea about that. You know, I really, I was big after the age of 10. Like, you look at my baby pictures, I was a small kid. So that was, that was interesting to me, to say the least. But... You know, he gave me a plan, plan of action. But one thing that he said that stood out was, you know, I'll have to see what you eat in order to really put together a good plan. And I'm like, okay, that's that's too easy. You know, I already monitor my food, you know, so I'll send you over some of my records, um, send you over some of my notes. I track that pretty much every day, um, what you eat. But I, I thought it was interesting because... You know, this was this was probably like an hour into the conversation where he asked me this, and he's really just giving me, you know, information about you know um, your blood sugar, about the way that your body breaks things down, the role in testosterone, how these things play, and I know a lot of these things from the surface level, but he was really breaking these down these things down, so it was very um, informative for me. And even aside from the plan, if that was all I had gotten that day, I would have been satisfied. So. It was helpful. So I say all that to say that it, it kind of was interesting that it still came back to what I was putting in my body and when I was putting it in. Message! <laughs> Which brings us to our morning motivation message today. And as you know, these are ones that I ask for you guys to kind of give me feedback on ones that you want to hear more about. Um, morning motivation has been sent out over the last couple of years to individuals um, to spread inspiration and motivation and empowerment in your day. And you can subscribe to that by texting 31996 to motiv motivate me to 31996. Once again, you text motivate me to 31996 to be added to that list. And as usual, it is an interactive text thread. So if you text me, I will text back. So without further ado, let's get into the morning motivation message of today. One of the biggest struggles in my life has been with my appetite. Like many people, I enjoy a good meal. Unfortunately, my metabolism doesn't always agree with me. You see, I grew up in a heavyweight family, therefore, it's something that's been a shared challenge throughout history. As stress arrives, so does the desire to eat. And as I struggled this morning mentally with stressors, I heard a small voice ask me, who's going to feed you this morning? You see, the enemy wants to fill us with lies, stress, anguish, destruction, and more all of which do nothing for us in the long run. On the other hand, we can be fed from something much more powerful, which also quenches that thirst and appetite daily. What's satisfying your appetite today? Is it worth it? 
Is it working? And is it working well? So, I want to kind of dive into this, and it's a few different directions I want to take this. So I got to tread a little lightly so I can kind of stay on track. But, of course, we know that what we eat makes us who we are, you know? Um, a lot of times, we just look at this from a physical standpoint. However, what you're putting into your mind impacts your mind. What you put into your body impacts your mind. What you put into your spirit impacts your spirit or lack thereof. Emotionally, it's the same thing. So, one of the things I want to kind of do is go back to, first off, why do we eat? Okay. Why do you eat? It's, it sounds like a simple question, but some people are thinking about it from one per perspective and others are thinking about it from another. Because not everybody eats for the same reason. Not everybody has the same relationship with food. Okay. But we're, we're going to connect the dots here. We're going we're gonna to see how these things correlate together. Okay. So why do you eat? Because it tastes good. Okay. Some people eat because it tastes good. Pleasure foods. You know, some people eat, you know, a lot of things. They eat strictly because, or mainly because, it tastes good, okay? On the other hand, it's nourishment. It's fuel. Food is a necessity. It's something that we need in order to survive. We need that fuel in order to propel us, okay? On the other hand, it can be therapeutic, Food can be used as a conduit. Food can be used as something that um, relieves us of some type of tension or stressor. You know, that's why some people, that's why they call it stress eating. People eat through certain situations. And not always, and myself being a prime example, I don't think that I eat my worst when I'm stressed. I actually work out. I actually try to channel it into music, channel it into something else. I do my be my worst eating when I'm in a good space and that has been challenging for me because being just getting married I'm in a good space <laughs> all the time you know going through these new lifestyle changes I'm in a good space a lot more frequently so I have to readjust how that plays a factor on my life okay so therapeutic flip back to the other side it helps with body functions it helps us to become stronger okay so somebody might eat for simple nourishment, but on the other hand, somebody might be training for something like a runner may stock up on carbohydrates or someone who's looking to build more muscle is going to intentionally build up on protein. They're going to focus on those foods that are rich in proteins. OK, so it helps us to develop body functions. OK, and it helps us to become stronger. So it's two different sides of the scales here. We have pleasure, and then we also have purpose, okay? So why do you eat? You either eat for pleasure, you eat for purpose, and on a good day, you're doing it for both. You know what I mean? So the question that kind of has to be, be going into this also as we're kind of looking at this is, where is this food coming from? So let's take it back. Let's take it way back. I'm talking way, 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 way back. Let's take it back to the garden. <laughs> yeah, let's take it back to the garden. 
the Garden of Eve. So, when we really look at the story of Adam and Eve, it depends on where, 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 you, where you lay at. Where you lie, you know, religiously, spiritually, there's a lot of things. But I don't even, I don't care if you aren't religious at all. You know who Adam and Eve is. You know the story. Adam in the garden with Eve. Eve takes the apple to Adam. Hey, let's eat. The snakes tempts her. She tempts Adam. And the rest is history in a short story. Okay, so regardless of where you are spiritually or religiously, you know the story of Adam and Eve. Okay, so let's flip this a little bit because it's, it's a different perspective I want to approach this with, right? And you might already know where I'm going with this. Adam and Eve were in a garden. They were in a garden with food. They could have eaten whatever they wanted to eat in the garden, right? God told them not to eat of one specific tree. A tree. You can you can do what you want. This your world, this your land, but don't eat over here. Okay. The problem was that they decided they wanted to eat from the tree. Okay. But from one perspective, there were two people there were two entities offering food. Okay. God had given them the whole garden. God had given them all to them. Here come this serpent, which had already been here, which had already been moving around, which I can break that down, but I don't know if I'm going to break that down today, but was already moving around, offers them this apple from this tree, this forbidden fruit, this fruit that they weren't supposed to eat of. Did you ever find it interesting that of all of the things that they could have sinned or could have been introduced to sin by that it was through their appetite Adam and Eve were tempted through their appetite despite which way that it came in okay so there there could have been anything there could have been anything that was offered but I think that it's interesting that the enemy knew the enemy knew that man would have a struggle with pleasure versus purpose. And that that appetite would be the key to unlocking the greatest fall in mankind. You know what I mean? It He had to have known that I know that these creatures that God just created, they're going to have a they got they're going to have a problem with this. And if he didn't know, he was going to find out. Okay? So here here lies the issue, you know. There's a struggle between the pleasure and there's a struggle between the purpose of why we're consuming what we're consuming. And if you lose sight of what it is the reasoning on why you're consuming what you're consuming, then now now you got yourself on a slippery slope. Okay, so this this even goes for knowledge. And I, I had mentioned this previously where what's the reason we're consuming knowledge are you consuming knowledge for a particular purpose or has consuming knowledge become a pleasure you know what I mean is it just a, a, a desire to learn more without any type of application the the food that you're that you're taking in to fuel your passion to fuel your journey to fuel your work is it is are you fueling yourself for a purpose or has it now become a pleasure one of the things I remember when 
I remember when I first had met my wife and I was really just, I think I was probably eating my cleanest. I was really just eating. Oh man, my, my regimen was so simple. Eggs, beans, chicken, like just, just mad simple. I'm, I would have my cheat days, but other than that, it was basic, mad basic. And she'd be like, oh, why are you eating that? I'm like, at this point, I'm really just eating for, for energy. I'm eating for nourishment. Like I was beyond the page of of pleasure eating. I was beyond the the the, the page of eating for taste because it was like mm, I'm just eating. I'm just eating for the purpose. Now, sure, I think that there should be a healthy a healthy balance. I think that there should be a healthy balance, and I think with the right perspective, there can be a healthy balance. Because use the garden example for example again. There was so much in the garden. There was so much in the world. Even if you look at what the initial call to action was for man and woman, you know, to reproduce, be fruitful, populate the earth. If they initiated in that garden and we look at the world that we live in and how vast it is, there was so much to, to, to be explored. You know, that's a part of that pleasure sensor. You know, there's there's pleasure in purpose. But I think when we pursue the pleasure over the purpose, then now we've lost sight. You know, that's when I think that we 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 run the we run the gambit of becoming gluttonous. The prime example is is here's an example for you. Sugar. Okay. So sugar is sugar is in so many things, especially in this American economy. Sugar is in everything. Sugar's even in cigarettes. I've heard. So, and I'll use myself as an example because, you know, I'm an African-American and African-Americans have a higher risk of diabetes, higher risk of, of, you know, these bad relationships with sugar. And the reason, one of the reasons is because this is really based upon, you know, our heritage. So we come from, we come from a tropical place. We come from a place where fruits and these fruits and these things are in a high, you know, when a high growing area. So when you get fruit and when you eat fruit, which is why they say fruit is one of those quote unquote good sugars. Fruit is good because it's a good sugar because fruit has nutrients and vitamins and so many other things in it that are beneficial to us. Okay. Sugar is simply a byproduct of this, but attached to that sugar when it comes to fruit there's so many other things that benefit us right so what happens when we consume sugar in a fruit setting so let's let's use an apple for example you eat this apple the body breaks it down the sugar gives us that burst of energy it begins to do what it does but then also what happens when we eat this apple the body begins to take from that apple the nutrients that it needs so it's almost like um Look at it. Look at it. Look at it like a factory, okay. And when the body gets that apple, all staff goes to work to break down the apple because all staff can use some part of the apple. You know, each 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 nutrient, each vitamin goes to its different compartments in the body that it needs to function, and the body starts to go to work. Okay, hey, we we need that over here. We need this over here. We need glucose over here. We need this, and it starts to break down that apple. And it starts to, you know, turn up, you know, it starts to turn up. Okay, we, we're working, we're working. But what happens with sugar, when you take sugar away from 
those nutrients, say a cookie or say processed sugar that we have so much of it pumped into the country, the body's sensors that sugar comes in and it still goes to work. The factory opens up. It's like, okay, let's get to work. Okay. However, with these processed sugars like cookies and things like that, it's only getting one thing. <laughs> it's only getting the sugar. So while the whole staff is working, only one component is actually being used. So that's why you get a sugar rush and that crash because the body's still juiced up because it knows what to do with sugar naturally. It gets that sugar and gets those other nutrients that comes with it. However, when it only gets the sugar without any other nutrients, it still has the same effect. It still The body still responds the same way, but the outcome is not the same. So when we look at that example, we look at that as, as the same way with pleasure and purpose. Okay. So of course, when an apple, apple would be the purpose with the, with the pleasure attached to it. It's sweet. It's delicious. It can be, it can be consumed with pleasure, you know, or take any other fruit that you love. Pineapple, love those grapes, you know, they have a purpose. And they also have a pleasure attached to the purpose. But when you take something that is strictly only being used for pleasure purposes, now you're starting to abuse it. You know, now it becomes something that's abused. And whatever, anything that we don't know, Miles Moreau, I'll never forget that Miles Moreau said, anything you and you don't know the purpose of it, it will be abused. Same thing with sex. Okay, sex is used to reproduce. Okay. It's used to reproduce. However, of course, it feels good. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's the beauty of God. That's the beauty of how he created these things. It's like, okay, this is going to be used to reproduce. However, I'm not just going to leave you hanging. This is also going to feel good at the same time. And it's going to feel real good. Because, you know, I'm, you know, this is, I was about to say I'm God. And this is how I, you know, this is how I like to reward you. But you get what I'm saying when I say that, you know. But when we take away the purpose and we only use it for the pleasure, we now run the gamut of running problems. Okay. Everybody enjoys pleasurable moments in life, you know, regardless of what your pleasure may be. You know, it's a refreshing experience that puts us at ease from hard times, sorrows in our lives. But what we got to ask ourselves is, is that pleasure impacting our purpose? This guy, Frank is, uh, this guy, Victor Franco, he once said that when a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. Hmm. I'm going to say that one more time. When a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. And I know I found myself doing this, and sometimes I didn't even realize it. So we got to kind of ask ourselves also, are your pleasures pacifying your potential? You know, are the pleasures that you have kind of putting a, a limiter on your potential? Because when, when we pursue the pleasure without the purpose, we're now putting a limiter on our potential because we can't reach our potential because we're not striving for our purpose. We're striving for the pleasure without the purpose. But there's pleasure in, in purpose 
especially when it's striving towards our potential. Now, that's going to have to be ran back because that came out kind of quick. But I was kind of flowing. But that's that's what we have to ask ourselves. You know, are our pleasures pacifying our potential? Are your pleasures helping to ease the days you encounter but doing nothing to move you closer to the ultimate reason behind your existence? You know what I mean? Because we have to be careful how much we're intaking and be mindful of the output as well. So, you can always... Have you ever been around somebody, um, yourself included? Let's let's use something as simple as alcohol. You can always smell somebody who's, if you're not drinking, if you're if you're probably sober or some, in a room with somebody who's probably been heavily drinking, you can smell it because it comes out of their pores. Okay, you can you can smell um, different spices, different herbs that are in, that are you know heavy in foods that come out of different people um, after they consume them because we kind of are what we eat and that even comes from the smells so what you eat also impacts your output as well you know i've one of the things certain foods will make you lethargic same way for mental same way for emotional same way for spiritual some foods will make you make you drowsy make you lazy make you anxious shoot make you make you speed up you know Hence the sugar rush. So some of those things, those are things we got to kind of take a look at. We got to kind of put the lens on those things. You know, when you lose the meaning of your meals, it's, it's like I said, that's how we we begin to run into, you know, gluttony and things like that. And that's not even just from a physical standpoint. You know, that's also something that's tied in with greed. You know, so one thing that kind of bring it back full circle when I was mentioning earlier when I had spoke to this doctor everybody's metabolism is different you know I've grew up with cats that they could eat 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 all day long never gain a pound you know then you have those that could eat and everything that they eat is stored in the body it's just based upon your metabolism but just because you have a fast metabolism does that mean that you should just eat 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 and eat whatever because whatever you're still eating is still playing some type of part in your development, your physical development, you know. So you have to kind of gauge your metabolism. You have to gauge your radar, you know, your your gauge for how much you can consume, how fast you can consume. That's That's one thing. But then also we have to factor in what we're consuming. I think it's so interesting that that appetite is what was used in that garden you know that that's a reminder to me that whether it's food whether it's money whether it's drugs regardless of what it is whether it's that acceptance everybody struggles with appetite everybody has something on that tree that you know old slick slide up on you and be like hey Come on, let me let me talk to you. Let, let me let me let me proposition you with something. Everybody has something, and that appetite is what gets us into trouble. It literally took a man with no appetite for pleasure or sin to correct the wrong of what man with appetite did. You know, it's so fascinating. Like if you really just think about it, like we all have an appetite, and a lot of times we just feed that appetite because it's pleasurable. You know, 
we feed that appetite because it's pleasurable. And I think that one of the reasons, just to kind of connect it, I think one of the reasons that we have those appetites is there's a purpose. And I think that one of the reasons why we have those appetites is because God wants to kind of show us um, areas. I think it's ways that God shows us, you know, our blind spots. I think that that appetite is a way that God allows us to lean on him, to rely on him to feel that, you know, because if not, it comes right back to the same situation with sugar. So what happens when you take in that sugar without the fruit? The body begins to run faster. It's running faster until it crashes because it's only getting one substance. It's not getting the nutrients. It's not getting the vitamins. It's just getting the sugar. So the same way is how I feel like God wants us to kind of lean. I think that's why he gives us those appetites because we can run out here and we can feed it with whatever we want. We can continue to feed that appetite because it's pleasurable to us. But God wants us to kind of lean on it for that purpose and that pleasure at the same time. For that balance, for that for that mixture on there, because without it, we're really just running on sugar without the fruit. So one thing I remember growing up, one thing I learned, I remember growing up when I was a kid was learning that I believe it's every seven years your taste buds change. Okay, so something I might not have liked when I was a kid, prime example, Brussels sprouts, hated them, get them off the table, never want to see them, disgusting. You know, but after time, your taste buds change. So you would present those things later on down the road. And it's like, hmm, that's not as bad as it used to be. You know, that's actually that's actually kind of delicious. I can kind of get with that. And it's interesting because the taste buds change over time. They don't stay the same. So we can enjoy different things that we didn't enjoy before. We can we can manage other types of taste and other types of things that 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 satisfy or or are pleasurable to our palate okay but here's the thing here's the correlation between that just because your taste buds change doesn't mean that your appetite left okay that doesn't mean that just because you have a new taste for something else and you don't have a taste for what you used to that doesn't mean that you don't still have an appetite period so one thing we got to keep in mind because we're not perfect creatures and we've fallen we might overcome an appetite okay i used to struggle with that i used to stumble with that that used to be my crutch that used to be something i had a problem with i'm good now i don't smoke no more i don't smoke cigarettes i'm good i don't need that i don't drink anymore i'm good i don't need that whatever it is i'm good i don't need that that's not something i quote unquote struggle with anymore but that doesn't mean that your taste buds haven't changed that doesn't mean that just because there's one area that you no longer have an appetite for it doesn't mean that you no longer have an appetite period and i think we get ourselves into trouble especially when we've hit these new seasons when we feeling like we the man or the woman or we feeling like we got the juice now and it's like oh okay i ain't, i'm no longer struggling with what i used to struggle with okay come on bring on the next challenge in life at that same time that we're saying that we've probably adapted ourselves to a new appetite or new taste buds that we enjoy okay great example i remember when i first um a couple years ago i had stopped drinking right so i said I'm not going to drink. 
today. It was a one day at a time thing. I never said I wasn't going to drink again in life. I just said today I'm not going to drink. Okay. One day turned into two days. Two days turned into a couple months. It was the same way with the weight loss. But however, I'm noticing that, okay, um, I might lean more on... I might lean more on something else. I might lean more on, uh, for me at that time, I was leaning more on lust. You know, okay, I'm not drinking no more, but I got a sharper mind, so let me apply this to, to shooting at women. Let me, let me, let me apply this to, to this lust. Let me, let me try, try this lane, you know. And then, as I began to realize, I'm like, okay, you really didn't, you know, you really didn't, um, kind of, get too much better you got sharper in that area but you really just applied it to another and then i'm like okay well i'm gonna leave that alone and then i say okay i'm gonna i ain't gonna do that i'm gonna lean on something else so it took me about two to three rounds of this to realize that i really was just leaning on different things i really was just applying that appetite to different things but i think it's problematic it's more problematic to not know that you're actually doing it you know, it's, it's more problematic. It's like when somebody stops smoking cigarettes and they start drinking more. When This is why one of the reasons why people who are struggling with with um, chemical dependencies um, or drug, re- rehabilitating from, from drug abuse or something like that, this is one of the reasons why they kind of tell them not to kind of don't drink, don't bring in the bar. Because just because um, one substance you're healed from doesn't mean you're not healed from another one. So one of the things psychologically... An addictive personality is an addictive personality. Um, the statistics are high for those who are born with a with an addictive gene. I don't care if you get into science or not, or science, you know, psychology. These are kind of just. This is really just the the numbers of it. This is just how it works. A lot of people are born with an addictive gene, and they say if you're born with an addictive gene, it really doesn't matter what it is. That you get hooked on, you have an addictive gene, so you'll you'll find pretty much anything to be addicted to. I personally feel like everybody's got it to a certain degree. You know, everybody has it because I feel like everybody has that appetite gene. So I think that we got to be really cautious about, and not not fearful. We have to be cautious about our appetite. We have to be cautious. Okay. I'm improving in this. I'm tr- I'm striving to make a lifestyle change, not a diet, not a not a spiritual diet, not a mental diet, not an emotional diet, unless it's something that you've never done. Because sometimes you do got to try something new. Like okay, I'm striving to not be as angry as I used to, or as aggressive as I used to, or as have as much anxiety as I used to. Let me try out this diet. Let me try out this method that works for a short period of time, which is what I refer to as a diet, to see if this works for me. And if it does, then this might be something that I might want to consider a lifestyle change. You know, this might be something that I might want to consider long term. But I think also, like I say, just to kind of go backwards, we have to be mindful of that appetite and that it exists, period. And once we find ourselves being strengthened in an area to know that we really didn't have the strength to overcome that on our own, we need a help because you didn't. And I think that the, the enemy watches the same way he's been watching in that garden. He's been watching you the whole time saying, okay, I seen y'all fall from the beginning off of appetite. So I know, and I've had plenty of time to watch y'all. I actually been down here 
since before you got here. So I know was I know how this world works. Yeah, God threw some new things in here, but I know how this world works. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna get into it because I said I might double back around, but I'm I'm gonna jump into it for a couple seconds because the enemy was already creeping around, creeping and crawling through here before we got here. So if you take it back, if you take it back biblically. God created the world in a week, right? Okay, so the heavens and the earth. So the spirits were already created. Angels created before we were created. Heavens and the earth. Not earth and the heavens. Heavens and the earth. So Lucifer, being in his prime position, was already fallen. He had fell to the earth. So it was already dark. It was already down here. It was already dark. He had already fallen down here um, before. It's mentioned in Ezekiel. Jesse was star-studded. Man would go around blowing whistles. You know what I mean? Sounding like organs and trumpets. It was the he was the majesty of music. Cast down to the earth. Already down here. Dark. Uninhabited. God came down and created everything. But this is where he was cast to. He was already cast down here. So he was already down here maneuvering in this dark world. In this dark earth. He was already already down here maneuvering. So when we come along already jealous already jealous of our position already jealous of us being created let me see how i can get in there let me see how i can how i can how i can really tell god what i was feeling like you know i already didn't want to submit and then you got these creatures that you've created that we post to bow to no i i got something in mind let me let me let me work my hand and see how i can pollute these creatures that you have here so we really get a lot of full of ourselves when we really think that we out here on our own in our physical realm and we got this i got my appetite i got it all figured out i don't need no help i know how to maneuver this like you are you shadow boxing with something that you can't even see you're shadow boxing with an enemy that's been working his hand for millions of years and here you go little old you thinking you got it all figured out you know what i mean so pride comes before the fall. So humility is, is a is a really good thing that we need to keep in mind. We gotta be humble. It's the only way that we'll be able to even see that we got a problem. So, you know, my homework assignment, my homework for you this time. Where's your appetite? What's fueling your appetite? Who's fueling your appetite? How's your metabolism? Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it slow? Do you need to be more mindful of what you're taking in? And is it faster? Is it, or you, do you need to slow down on what it is that you're taking in or either taking a higher quality? You know, some of the things that we gotta dive into. And then really take a moment to really consider is what you're consuming because of pleasure or is it being consumed because of purpose? Because through purpose, you'll receive pleasure. But through pleasure, you'll miss the purpose and your potential. So until the next time, y'all, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Also, be sure to subscribe to The Morning Motivation by texting Motivate Me to 31996. I'll add you to the list. And until the next time, stay blessed, y'all. Salute.
another episode of Surreal Life. I'm your host, Sir Evans, your host today, and your host as always. I'm gone. I'm Sir Evans, and you've been listening to Surreal Life, Morning Motivation. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Feel free to subscribe, rate, and review this episode. And join me next week for Surreal Life, Morning Motivation. Thank you for listening. Salute.